Thank you so much for tuning in to the Todd Coconato Podcast, otherwise known as The Remnant. It is 7-30-2021, Friday. Hope you had a great week, ladies and gentlemen. I want to welcome to the show The Remnant Warriors. And uh, just appreciate you taking this time each and every day out of your day to spend time with the Remnant community. God is definitely connecting his remnant in this hour. I'll tell you, I hear things that, you know, I meet new remnant people. Are you meeting new remnant people? I hope you are. I hope you are. I really do. Um, if you're not, we need to change that because there is a remnant army out there. The remnant is rising. Uh, we are not alone. And uh, if you don't know other remnant people, please, honestly, reach out to me, Todd.coconado at rlcus.org. And I'll try to connect you with some in your community, in your area, depending on where you are. But there's remnant people all over the country, all over the world, and you're listening to the show. There's people listening to the show from Norway. I just got something from Finland the other day. I got something from Australia, you know, New Zealand, um, you know, all over the world. Canada, thank you for tuning in. Israel, of course, welcome. And so thank you for tuning in today. Yesterday, we declared a Psalm 64 fast. This may be the most important fast ever declared in my lifetime because this we are at a precipice moment a crossroads, communism is trying to take over the, the superpower of the world, the United States of America. And we found that the swamp is deep and wide, much deeper and wider than most people have thought. Uh, it, it, we've realized that the infiltration from within has corrupted our, our, our institutions, whether it be the courts, the schools, even the military. There's corruption everywhere. I mean, they're trying to put, you know, the military people, they're trying to go woke now. Have you seen this? I can tell you, I've heard stories about the military. Let me share a story with you about the military because I like to share things. People always say, tell me what you know, Todd. Tell me what you know. I can't. I can't tell you everything I know because I'd be hung out to dry and uh, I might be, uh, you know, suicided. I, I will never commit suicide. I just want you to know that. I will never, ever do that. Uh, but these people are sick. And, um, you know, there was one time when I was dealing with somebody in the intelligence community, not of this country. They were from another country in the intelligence community. A very wicked operator, let me tell you. And they said they knew about me, and they said, uh, you know, it, when, when you say too much, they said, you know what we do to people that say too much? I said, yeah, what's that? They said, we kill them. I said, wow, you're pretty blunt. They said, well, that's we, we make sure they, they're not around for very long. And I said, wow, you just, you just say that so matter of fact. And she said, yes. And my wife was sitting there with me, and we'll never forget that because we were just both like, wow, it's like that? It is like that, ladies and gentlemen, and and we need to make sure that everybody understands, you know, exactly what we're dealing with here, because not only is it a spiritual battle between light versus darkness, but this is the battle of our time. And, uh, you know, people that are out here, like myself, like others, many others, uh, you know, we put our lives on the line. And I know you know that. And, and that's why many of you help us and support us. And I, I appreciate you so much. I mean, you know, just this week we had PayPal undo like you know 99% of our reoccurring payments so that's you know always a new challenge we always got to figure out okay what's next what are we gonna do next these companies are are really really crazy I mean these these tech companies and you know so we're navigating through this so thank you to those who share the broadcast too um but you know we we, we have to think about this and let, let's just talk about it this fast is literally determinative it's going to determine what direction we take as a, as a nation and as a world? Will the communism take over? Will we, will we go into captivity like the children of Israel? Or will we continue as free people? Because if you look at the Bible, look at the children of Israel. They went from free to captive to free to captive. You know, it, it was seasonal. And, and there was times when they went into captivity. There was times when the temple was burned down. 
And, and for everybody that says God is in control, well, let, I, I understand what you're saying and I agree with you. I appreciate your faith. I'm, I'm thankful that you're not worried and that, you know, you, you, you're, you trust in the Lord. I think we need to trust the Lord. The Bible says trust the Lord with all, all your heart. Lean not on your understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. He will direct your path. So I get what you're saying. But, you know, let, let's just put ourselves in a couple of places. Do you think that there was no Christians whatsoever in Nagasaki or in Hiroshima? And, and yet, look what happened to those places, right? Do you think there was no no Christians uh, that got killed in the 1994 earthquake in Northridge? I, I guarantee there was. Uh, you know, do you think that in World War II on the beaches of Normandy that there wasn't, you know, some Christians that died that day? You better believe it. So, yes, we trust the Lord. We trust God. We know he's good. Good things come from him, but sometimes people die. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. Sometimes bad things happen to Christians. You know, I remember, um, you know, when I was in in ministry and youth ministry, and there was a young man uh, that we prayed for. We laid hands on him, and he had cancer, and he was a, a really awesome youth. I mean, he was like on the worship team and just on fire for the Lord, loved the Lord, great testimony. And we just couldn't believe it when he got sick. We couldn't believe it. And we just said, well, God is definitely going to heal this guy. And he didn't heal him. He actually died. And I'm not saying this for you to lose faith because I will, every one of those stories, I have like 10 more that I could tell you of when God did a miracle and a sign and a wonder that only he could have done, including when he spared my life after being stabbed nine times. So listen, I am a miracle. My life is a miracle. And I went in the presence of God and I know he's real. So I'm not doubting him and I'm not saying that he's not real. Uh, but what I am saying is, is that, you know, sometimes there's, a, there's an old song, an old hymn, and it says, you'll understand it better by and by. Sometimes we don't understand why these bad things happen. And you may be going through a challenge in your life right now. You may have had a loved one turn against you. You may, may be, you know, having some serious challenges. Not only are you uh, grieved by what you're seeing happening in our world right now, in our nation, but you're also grieved by personal challenges that you're having to deal with right now. And I'm speaking to somebody directly right now. You, you are dealing with some of the biggest challenges of your life and you're remaining faithful and you're pressing ahead in victory. But at the same time, you're like, look, this is a serious challenge. And there's days when you don't know how you're going to even get to the next day. You don't even know how you're going to make it through. You say, I've reached my limit. I feel like I am maxed out. And you want to, you'd be surprised how many people feel just like that. And so we call this fast. It's called the Psalm 64 fast. I tell you guys, and, and the reason why I say this so often is that we have to fight to be on fire. The reason I say it so often is because I have to fight to stay on fire. You know, people, people are expecting Pastor Todd to be fired up. And I am fired up. And I am on fire. But, but I have to fight to be on fire. I have to spend that time in the secret place. I got to feed my soul. And I got to get back on fire because I'll tell you, today's been a trying day. You know, we have friendly fire. We have people that this is the most egregious, hurtful thing to me, if I can be transparent for a moment. It's not the left. It's not the right-wing watches and the CNNs and the and Newsweeks and all the different haters out there in the world. I expect it from them. I expect it from demonized people. It's it's when it's a Christian. It's when it's a another ministry person. It's when it's like, man, and they just say the most hurtful thing. And I'm like, how? oh, man, I'm already so you know, under attack right now, like really? And it just, I'll tell you, there's days when I just want to turn everything off and just, you know, honestly go into like my closet and just break down. I'm just going to be real with you. And and I'm talking about lions and generals. I'm not talking about wimps. I'm talking about lions and generals that feel like this some days. Okay. Because we all do. And so, you know, we have to be, learn how to get back up. We have to learn how to fight to be on fire. And we have called a global fast a Psalm 64 fast. 
And we are asking the Lord for protection from hidden enemies. Protection from hidden enemies. And Psalm 64 goes like this. It says, hear my voice, O God, in my prayer, preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity who wet their tongues like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words, that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. Suddenly, do they shoot at him and fear not? They encourage themselves in an evil manner. They commune of laying snares privately. They say, who shall see them? They search out iniquities. They accomplish a diligent search, both the inward thought and every one of them, and the heart is deep. But God shall shoot them with an arrow. Suddenly they shall be wounded, so they shall make their own tongue to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away, and all men shall fear and shall declare the work of God. For they shall wisely consider of his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him. And all the upright in heart shall glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's why we're declaring and decreeing this fast. It is so critical, crucial, and important for us to understand the time that we're in, saints. It is so, so important for us to understand what God is asking of us as a people right now. We have to get it. And, 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 you know, he does want us to consecrate. He does want us to return to him. He does want us to repent. He does want us to fast and pray. And that's why we've called this fast is because we're looking at the situation in the natural and there's different things that are happening with the audits and, you know, certain things that are very positive that we're like, okay, it seems like something's happening here in the natural. But I'll tell you, when you see the amount of wickedness, it's almost everybody I talk to that's just like in awe, shocked, at just how quickly things have turned, how quickly things have changed in our world. And there's a lot of people that are fearing right now, and there's a lot of reason for concern as we see some of these things that they're doing. And so people are seeking answers. They're, they're seeking answers. They're like, whom can I trust? You know, whom will tell me the truth? And what is the truth? And, and we're seeking these things, you know? And, and so here we are, and the Lord has called this fast, this Psalm 64 fast. And then we're asking the Lord, just like David did in the psalm, hear my voice, God. In my prayer, preserve my life from fear of the enemy. We feel like the enemy is encamped around us. And the Lord tells us, don't grow weary in doing good. But it's just some days can be overwhelming. And so I want to give you some hope today. You know, it was a pretty crazy day, the day I got stabbed nine times. I was 22 years old. I was about 11 o'clock at night. I was walking in Granada Hills, California. It was dark. I had just come out of the gym, and I was in really good shape back then. I mean, I was buff. I had, you know, I had muscles. I was a buff dude. I was in good shape, and I didn't think anybody would mess with me, you know, honestly. And I was walking in there, and this guy that was on meth, he just runs out of this apartment with a kitchen knife that was a very large kitchen knife and proceeded to stab me nine times. Now, I'm not saying that I was completely innocent at that period of time in my life, I was, you know, still in the world in some aspects. I had given my heart to the Lord, you know, not that long before that. But, you know, I, I still was, you know, messing around a little bit here and there. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I was perfect or, you know, didn't deserve certain things. But, you know, when I got stabbed and, and, and I was sitting there laying on the concrete and, and I remember just my life flashing before my eyes. 
And I looked up at the man that was stabbing me and I said, dude, you're going to kill me. And I pulled up my sweatshirt. I remember I had a sweatshirt on. I pulled up the sweatshirt and it was just blood everywhere. And I'm not trying to be gory here, but, you know, blood everywhere. And I said, dude, you're going to kill me. And the guy literally picked me up, you know, picked me up and, and put me in. I was driving my mom's SUV at the time. I think it was a Toyota Sequoia. And uh, I don't know why I loved driving her car. I think I had lived, uh, you know, I, I lived out for a little bit when I was like 18, 19, 20. And then I gave my heart to the Lord for the first time before I had this encounter. And, uh, and you know, I moved back with my parents because I was living with my girlfriend at the time. And I wanted to, you know, try to be a better Christian. And so I moved back with my parents. And so anyway, I took my mom's car that night to the gym because I liked driving her car. It was like a really nice, awesome SUV. This is when like SUVs were kind of newer. So it was like, you know, a novelty to be driving this thing. And so anyway, I drove her SUV and I parked in this you know apartment complex. I was going to visit somebody over there. And, and that's when the stabbing happened, right? And so the guy picked me up and he put me in the SUV and he drove me to Granada Hills Hospital, which by the way, this hospital was just about to close down. It was It was in the final stages of being mothballed basically and, and if you go to Granada Hills California they're right there on Balboa Boulevard today it's a it's a hospital I mean it's a um it's a school it's not a hospital anymore but it was a hospital back in the day it's now a school so anyways I I was brought to that hospital it was literally going to close down I think in like two or three weeks but there was still skeleton staff that was working there and if that hospital was not there the closest hospital after that was Northridge Hospital that was quite a bit farther and you know, I had to go through quite a bit of traffic and I don't think I would have lived if I mean, it was a split second decision, like, you know, this is the hospital go, that's where you go. And, you know, I told the man as I'm stabbed, as I'm dying, like where to go and how to get there. And somehow he got there. So it's a miracle. I don't know how he got there. I really don't. I mean, if you think about that alone, like he, he got to this hospital, if it was like two more miles away, I would have died. And on the way to the hospital with this guy who had stabbed me driving. Okay. I went in the presence of God and I was in this like white existence. I can't, I can't describe it. It was like I went in a tunnel vision and then it was just like a white existence. And I go in there and, um, you know, and I, 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 I felt like Isaiah chapter six. It was like, you know, in the presence of God, you know, and I knew that I was dying or I had died, you know, because I remember getting stabbed and I remember being in the car and I remember getting the tunnel vision and all of a sudden I'm in this white presence. So yeah, you're dead, dude. So I'm like, uh, okay, here I am. And I hear the, the voice of the Lord. And, you know, I don't know if it was audibly. I knew I heard the voice of the Lord. And he said, you know, do you want to live or do you want to die? I said, Lord, please let me live. I feel like I have so much more life. I want to live. I want to have a family. I want to get married. You know, I want to serve you. Please let me live, Lord. And he said, well, if you live, he said, you got to be sold out for me. You got to tell people about me and that I'm real. You got to always be on fire for me all the days of your life. I said, yes, Lord, I will do that. And as I said, yes, Lord, I remember waking up in the hospital bed. So obviously something had transpired from the time that I was in the car. I have no idea how I got from the car to the gurney to the, the room and then woke up. I mean, it's clearly all a miracle. And there was police around me. There was nurses around me. It was a big scene in that room as they were all trying to figure out what had just happened. And obviously I was in very bad condition. And they were stapling my body so that the uh, stab wounds would stop bleeding because I had lost so much blood. I mean, so much blood. And, uh, and the nurse looks at me, and it was the first thing I remember after I had awakened, and she just said, you should not be alive. You, you better count your blessings. And, I, of course, I had remembered right there and then that I had been in the presence of the Lord. He asked me if I wanted to live or I wanted to die. I said I wanted to live. And then, you know, here I am, right? <laughs> and it was, you know, I was in intensive care for, you know, I think it was 8 to 10 days or so. 
And then, you know, I was in the hospital a couple more days after that. And then, uh, you know, I think it was about a half a month or so. And then they released me to go home. And it was a, it was a recovery process. I mean, I had to get my strength back. I had to, it was like, you know, yeah, anybody that's been through a traumatic event like that, you'll know, you don't just like recover right away, but it was almost a miraculous recovery. And uh, I was very determined to get back to normal because I did not want the enemy to have that victory. And I used to work out and all that. So I was like, you know, I got to get back to the gym, got to get back to the gym. So as soon as I could possibly get back to the gym, I mean, literally, I think they had just taken the staples out, you know, and, uh, and you know, I had these scars all over my body and I, and I went back to the gym just to prove a point, honestly. Um, but before that, you know, I also had to get back to work because I had taken all my, you know, PTO days and, and whatnot. And I was working, I think, in retail at the time. And so uh, I was at Macy's and for some reason I was at Macy's. I think I worked for like a vendor. I was a vendor, but I was visiting Macy's and I was in the, de- uh, the men's department in the Burbank Macy's. And there was a bunch of little Armenian women around me because Macy's is a predominant, uh, not Macy's, Glendale and, and Burbank, California are predominantly Armenian areas, highly penetrated Armenian. In fact, I think the most Armenians anywhere other than Armenia. So there was these cute little Armenian women, and, and I love Armenian people, by the way. And, uh, and, and most Armenian people are Christians because Armenia is like, I think, one of the first places, if not the first place, where Christian uh, became a Christian country. And, and, you know, so it's predominantly believers uh, in Armenia. And so these women were believers. And so I'm working in the men's department with these people, these precious little women, Armenian women. And this woman out of nowhere, this little older lady, I think she was like a little old white lady. She comes down and she says, I saw your face. I was shopping in the women's department and the Lord showed me your face and I have a word for you. <laughs> I have a word for you. I'm like, what? So, you know, the Armenian women are sitting there with me. They're, they're you know, listening in because they had all known that I had just went through the stabbing. And so they're, they want to hear the word too. So we're all like, okay, what's the word? And the woman looks at me and she points her finger at me and she says, the Lord said, don't let bitterness grow root in your heart. Don't grow bitter in what just happened. And I'll be honest with you guys, I was starting to get bitter because I thought, you know, I had already given my heart to the Lord. And I'm thinking, why in the in the world would the Lord let something like this happen to me? And so, you know, I it was crazy. It was wild, you know. Like, I got stabbed nine times, you know. So, anyways, uh, that was crazy. I'm like, okay, this woman just gave me this word, you know. So, I kind of took it with a grain of salt and was like, okay, well, Lord's saying don't let bitterness go root. Okay, got it, got it. And then I go to like a Starbucks because at the time I was still drinking Starbucks. This is before I knew it was like a woke company. I don't, uh, you know, buy Starbucks anymore. I don't like the company anymore. Uh, but at the time I did. And so I went to Starbucks and I was sitting outside and, and you know, I, I was looking at this at this guy that was sitting there, you know, he was, he was kind of minding his own business. And all of a sudden the Lord speaks to me through this guy. The guy perks up and says, I have a word for you. And I was like, excuse me? He's like, I have a word for you. Okay, for me, I don't know you, sir. Like, who are you? You know, he's like, the Lord said to me to tell you that you have a calling on your life and he's going to use you and that what you have just been through is going to be used for his glory. And so don't worry about it. The Lord is with you and he's going to bless you and he's going to use you in the ministry. So I'm looking at this guy like, what in the world is this guy saying? Like, are you kidding me? I'm sitting at Starbucks. What? So anyways, uh, lo and behold, you know, I, uh, I I received the word. Okay, this is the second time this has happened to me in a couple days. Interesting. And then I'm at the gym. So I go back to the gym, LA Fitness. Uh, no, actually, I'm sorry. It was, what was it? Not LA Fitness. Yeah, it was. LA, I think it was LA Fitness. No, 24-hour fitness. 24-hour fitness. 24-hour fitness in Northridge. It was a, a brand new uh, club that had just opened at the time. 
And I'm up there, and it's a beautiful club, and I'm trying to work out, even though I'm still in a lot of pain. And honestly, I wasn't really in good shape to be working out, but I was determined to be back in the gym. And I was looking at this guy with a bunch of tattoos. He had a bunch of tattoos on, and uh, you know, on him, you know. And and I was looking at him, and I'm like, man, that guy's got sleeves. He's got a lot of tattoos. They must have taken years to do all that, you know. I'm, I'm sitting there observing his tattoos. And all of a sudden, the guy with the tattoos turns around, no joke, this is real, guys, turns around and says to me, the Lord gave me a word for you. So I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, this is happening like three different places in the, in the last couple of days. Like, what in the world? What are the chances of this, right? So I said, okay, what's the word? So he says, the Lord says you're going to fly like wings of eagles. You're going to run and not grow weary. He just starts prophesying scripture over me for like five minutes, I'm just sitting there listening to this man prophesy over me for like five minutes at the gym. And other people are just observing like what in the world's going on over there, you know? So anyways, guys, I leave the gym. I'm like, okay, you know what? I was kind of bitter. I was kind of, you know, wondering why God allowed this to happen. But clearly he sent prophets, people to give me a word. I don't even know these people. They were reading my mail. Obviously God is up to something. And the rest is history. I literally... Went to King's College and Seminary, signed up, said, look, I'm going to go into the ministry. And, uh, you know, there, it's, a, it's a short version of a long story. But I'm telling you that because I believe in miracles because I am a miracle. And so when people hear me on the air and, you know, every day we're, you know, kind of together. And so it's like, I just feel like you guys got to know a little bit more about me, you know, and so that we can understand each other, you know. When I talk about miracles, I believe them. And so when I say, you know, when, when I'm saying that, you know, people are saying God is in control, like, listen, I am somebody who absolutely believes God's in control and absolutely believes that he is going to do something on our behalf. So I'm not against what you're saying, but we have to be actionable. We've got to somehow go out there and do. We've got to be soldiers in this, in this, in this army, of this remnant army. We've got to, we're actionable. We're doing things. We're shifting the atmosphere. We're the salt and the light. We're spreading the truth of the gospel of Jesus. We're waking people up. We're setting people free. We're delivering them. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're actionable. We're not just sitting on our couch doing nothing. We're not criticizing and being heresy hunters. Listen, if you have time to sit out there and criticize every other pastor and every other person that's out there doing something, you know, I've, I've come to have a little more mercy with people that are doing things, even if I don't agree with them 100%. There's some people in this movement that I know that I would love to just talk about on this show and say, I don't really trust that guy. And people say, why don't you tell us the name? Well, because honestly, I'm, I, I can't get caught up in the weeds. If I start naming somebody and saying this person's a fraud, you know, when I don't have all the facts and I don't have all the evidence, I'm just going on what my discernment's saying or whatnot and what I've observed. But you know what? That'll get me caught up in the weeds because then I'm at war with this person or movement and, you know, people turn against you and there's all the different stuff. That's not where God has me right now. God has me focused like a laser beam on what we're doing in this remnant community, the things that he's put on our heart, you know, and there are many of them. Uh, you know, getting people saved, set free, healed, and delivered. Going out there, spreading the truth of the Word of God. You know, uh, activating people around the country. You know, going to these different doors that are open for us to engage, you know, people of influence and, and people in the Congress and people in the Senate and governors and, you know, all these different things that God has opened amazing doors. And we're so busy talking to so many people, doing so many things, being, you know, giving people resources that they need, connecting people with the right people. Some people need attorneys, some people need doctors. You know, half of my day is like connecting people. I'm not even kidding you because people reach out and say, Pastor Todd, I'm like, you know, here's this problem. They present a problem to me and then I try to find a solution in our network because that's what we're here for. It's a remnant community. So we're busy and I don't have time to get caught up in the weeds in some type of war with somebody just because somebody wants me to start naming names. Listen, if, if I see something really bad, I will tell you. 
Like if it's if it's some pastor that's just done something really stupid and, and he's unrepentant and people are getting hurt by it and I feel like I need to go out there and tell you about it, I will. Like I'm not afraid to drop names. Don't get me wrong. But I'm also not trying to get into like wars with people when it's just like a, a feeling or, you know, I'm not sure, but I just don't trust them or, you know, and so that's why I just say use discernment, use wisdom. You know, you can you can tell by their fruit if you spend any time with them or you you dig into what they're up to. I mean, all it takes sometimes is like two or three live streams. I could pretty much figure out if somebody's sincere or not or if they're if they're really walking for the Lord, you know, living for the Lord or not, because you can tell because, you know, the, the out of the out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right. I mean, so it's like, you know, you could see what's going on in their heart, you know, and they're talking about the things that are in their heart. Because it, people can't even help it. They're going to eventually say what's on their mind. They're going to say what they're thinking about because that's what comes out of your mouth. So, you know, I know I'm kind of rambling a little bit here, but I share my testimony with you because I want you to know, listen, I'm being transparent. I'm being vulnerable today because I want you to know that not every day is going to be, you know, let's just drop all this news. Let's just drop all this information. We need to understand how we're going to survive in the long term here. You know, how we're going to how we're going to keep ourselves, you know, on fire, motivated, you know, uh, in the presence of God. You know, we, we, we get agile to understand how we're going to meet each need different ways. And I, I totally agree with you when you say trust God. But I think we also need to be wise. I mean, if you saw a tsunami coming at you and you're standing, you know, if you if you heard the tsunami alarm, I'll put it like this. If you heard the tsunami alarm go off and you're standing on a beach you know, you can sit there and rebuke it, but, you know, good chances that tsunami is going to come hit you and it's going to kill you. So, you know, what do you do when the early warning s- signals go off? You get into a safe place, right? I mean, that's what you do. That's why there's a warning system. And so I think the Lord operates that way as well. Sometimes he'll give you a warning. You know, he'll give you a warning like, hey, you know what? Be wise. Be wise. There might be a financial crisis coming down the pike. Be wise. Be diversified. You know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, you know, some people are preppers and that's great. And, and, you know, I think the prepper is going to be better off than the non-prepper at some point. So, you know, they may prep their whole life and maybe nothing happens, but they may, you know, not prep and something big will happen and they'll be totally in a bad position. So which one would you rather be, right? I mean, would you rather be prepared or would you rather not be prepared? So, you know, it's just there's certain things that we say as Christians that's like we got to really think about. Like, yeah, God is in control. Yes, he's in control. I agree with you, but we have to be actionable. And, and we have to be, you know, people of faith that are out there doing the work of the kingdom, too. We can't just be sitting around waiting for God to do everything for us. So I hope that makes sense. Okay? That day when I was going to the hospital, if I probably didn't look up at that guy and say, dude, you're killing me, and pull up my shirt, he probably would have left me there. But everything worked out at that moment that he scooped me up, put me in my mom's car, drove me to the Granada Hills Hospital, you know, I told him where to go. If I didn't tell him where to go, he probably would have had no idea where to go. I had to tell him in my state where to go. And in the, in meanwhile, I passed out on the way there and went in the presence of the Lord. I mean, everything had to work out a certain way for me to be alive today. And yet God did spare me and God was in control. So you see what I'm saying? Like there's things that we do and, and there's things that God does. And and sometimes God, you know, wants us to do a certain thing. Like if I, if I just every single night get in a sin or every single day get in a sin or you know, like what if every night, you know, I passed, what if I pastored and then every night went to the nightclub and that went on all the time, like pastoring, you know, preaching during the day, going to the nightclub at night, right? Like it might work a couple of times where nobody notices, but at some point people are going to be like, isn't that Pastor Todd that's coming out of that nightclub? And like, I would be exposed. That would be it. Right. And then who would trust me? Because people were like, wait a minute, that guy's not, you know, he's preaching one thing, he's doing another. So 
you know, that's because of my actions. So it's like, you know, you have to see actions. <laughs> Faith without works is dead, right? I mean, it's like, you got to see actions and, and God is calling us to action. So this fast is an action thing. This is something that we can do. People ask me every day, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Well, we have a Psalm 64 fast. Right now, if you're not doing anything else, consider doing this fast. Psalm 64 fast. We're the first day of it today. We're fasting for our nation. We're fasting that the Lord would deliver us from the situation that we're in right now, that there would be a breakthrough. We're fasting and contending for our country. We're using the weapons of our warfare. Hallelujah. We're believing that God is going to move on our behalf. We're believing that what's been done in darkness will be brought to light. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to walk out of this thing in victory. I believe it, and I decree, decree and declare it, and, uh, and, and I believe you do too. And so don't grow weary in doing good. Be a person of action. Be a lion and a general, and be willing to do what it takes because we want to stand before the Lord one day and hear him say, you have fought the good fight of faith. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's my desire, friends. Is that your desire too? Thank you for tuning in to the broadcast today. I love you guys. I bless you. Appreciate you. We'll be back next week. God bless.